Feel free to turn your chairs this way if you're on, in this part of the room. It's like a really big control council thing here. All the recording devices. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from the triune God. This is a sermon in the form of a letter to my son, Matthias. Dear Matthias, so I know the last thing you're probably looking for from your preacher father is a personal letter in the form of a sermon. <laughs> but look on the bright side. We both know that if it was left to my own devices, this thing could get pretty lengthy. So as it is, I've got to keep this thing under 10 minutes or so, or the people listening here are going to revolt. So the community's got your back on this one. I was really excited to preach this week because it's the one time each year that we read about the one time in the Bible that your name is actually mentioned. I wanted to preach about why we chose to name you Matthias, the disciple chosen by rolling dice to replace Judas, and also why we had to change your name three times because your slightly perfectionist parents finally chilled out and settled on it. But then this week happened in Denver. This week, our lawmakers at the Capitol voted to ban outdoor camping in the city, effectively displacing the homeless folks who are an important part of our family's community. This week, they also voted down a proposal to allow civil unions affecting GLBTQ folks. So this week, many of our friends and family here in Denver are experiencing pain and rejection, anger, frustration, and betrayal. It's been a pretty bleak week. It's a week that makes me want to say with Jesus in today's gospel that we do not indeed belong to this world. In listening to Jesus, you can just hear the struggle in his voice as he says a final prayer over his followers before he goes to the cross. He obviously loves these faltering friends of his. He protected them and guided them in life, taught them about peace and love, and now he prays to his Father, as you have sent me into the world, so I am sending them into the world. We all know how that story ended for Jesus. And the cross is hardly the kind of thing any father wants for their son. Definitely not what I want for you, Tai Tai. Because as I've held you in my arms thinking about this sermon, the last thing I'd want to do is send you into a world like the one we saw this week a world where it turned out that if you loved men instead of women, you would be denied the gift of a marriage covenant with someone who God had given to you to teach you about love and forgiveness and holiness and grace. A world where if it turned out you ended up homeless, you would not be allowed a place to sleep. A world where politicians and others use and abuse us for the sake of votes and salary, where churches attack others instead of facing the Spirit's call for them to die and resurrect. A world that sin, death, and the devil have made into a playground of self-interest rather than a good gift to be shared in love. No, I'd want to take you out of this world to the kind of world like what we glimpsed this weekend in our retreat up in the mountains with House for All, up into those mind-blowing mountains where I can keep you wrapped in my warm flannel shirt as we walk through the mist at sunrise, where the clouds come so close to the earth it's hard to know where the world ends and heaven begins, 
where friends gather and love one another and sing together and pray together and roller skate to bad 90s music together. <laughs> where, where even your crying all night is a grace because it means more time getting to hold you safely close next to my heart. And maybe it's less about taking you out of some place in the world. Maybe it's just keeping alive in you a place within you where you can remember the truth about this home that God has created for us. Because look, God delighted in making this world. God made it good. God made this world's people so brilliantly glorious that if we could see them in their true nature, I believe with C.S. Lewis that we'd fall down and worship each other as gods. God made nature so amazing that if we truly appreciated the gift it was, we'd want to switch places with all those homeless guys, sleeping outdoors every night, gazing up at the stars in endless wonder. God even made communities, even churches, so powerfully intimate that in spite of the ways we use and abuse one another, God is committed to drawing us back to one another again and again. So I hate to say it, but it seems there's kind of a tension here, a paradox, and you're Lutheran, so you got to get used to it. <laughs> it, it it's a both and. Uh, this world, it's a place that God delights in and loves and sent Jesus to redeem and the Spirit to recreate and sanctify. But it's also a place shrouded in darkness, bent away from the light, what one of my friends this week called a shadowed cosmos. And see, that's why I think Jesus' prayer for us is so powerful. Because in preparation for living into this both-and tension, he asks God to sanctify us, his disciples, in the truth. Now, on the one hand, that's a very mean thing for him to ask of us. Because it's going to mean having to see things as they really are. And before we can truly see the glory, we're going to have to look through the shadows and not just the shadows cast by those Capitol Hill politicians. We'll also have to look at the shadow lands of our own hearts. And that's not going to be very fun. But Jesus refuses to protect us from those shadows because he doesn't want to have to have us miss out on the light. Jesus doesn't want us or anyone to miss out on the glory of this creation, this world that God pronounced good. So Jesus calls us out, just as he called that first Matthias, and said, be witnesses to the resurrection. Tell them all a better story. Tell them about the truth, the truth about the real world. Tell this world that God loves, that the heart of the universe is not rot, but resurrection and new life. Tell this world that God loves, that there is a creator, a savior, and a redeemer, and that this God is for you, for me, and for us all. This God will be for you no matter where you sleep at night, no matter who you marry, no matter which party or church you join. This God gives us permission to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, house the homeless, bless the outcast, sanctify the sinner, marry the unmarried, and proclaim good news, even if it means defying the devil, defying the state, and even defying the church. This God frees us from cynicism, since this God frees us from concern about results or failure or success, and asks solely that we trust God in delighting more in this story, in making it our story. 
This God became incarnate in Jesus Christ and lived, served, was crucified, died and was buried, descended into hell, rose again, ascended into heaven so that we could be free to love and serve one another and share the blessings of this insanely marvelous creation with all peoples, all nations, all in peace. And that, my little man, is why I begrudgingly want to pray Jesus' prayer for you, that you be sanctified in this truth as you are sent into this world. It's a world that's going to break your heart with its horror, but it's also a world that God gave to you to melt your heart with delight. It's a world God will never give up on, no matter how dark we make it, and God will never give up on you either, you, me, or anyone else. So, Matthias, may you be in this world and may you learn to delight in it as God delights in it. As you learn to tell this story, live this story of the resurrected Jesus. And when grief threatens to crush your spirit, let there be mountains, let there be community, let there be singing and wonder and even roller skating. And may you be sanctified in the truth and may you delight in being a guerrilla warrior for grace and delight in practicing resurrection. And may the joy of Jesus be made complete in you. I love you. Amen.